Hi, and welcome to another episode of Juggling FIFO. Today's episode, you'll be hearing from Denny at the Resources Hub. This episode was meant to be aired in late March, but with the actions from JFC today up in the Northern Territory, I thought it was really, really important that you guys hear from Denny at the Resources Hub. Today's the 15th of March and what's happened today for those that don't know is that there was 640 workers laid off. 245 of those are locals and there's approximately 395 of those are in a fly-in, fly-out position. With 91% of the project complete, some people did see it coming, but for others, not so much. In today's episode, Denny will share her journey her role within the resources sector over the last 22 years and she'll also provide some tips and tricks for those looking at finding their next role. Welcome to today's show Denny. Let's get started and hear a little bit about your journey. Yeah so I started Fly and Fly Out myself um, 23 and a half years ago. I was just turned 21 and I had a client who uh, used to come into the hotel that I worked at. I worked at a five-star hotel and once I kind of joked to him that if he ever knew of a position up north in this mine, could he let me know? And lo and behold, he did. And um, I got offered the position and the next thing I knew, I was having this wow of a party with all my friends and family and I was packing up my lifestyle in Perth and I was travelling um to the Pilbara and that was like my introduction into mining um and I was away for 13 weeks at a time so my roster was 13 weeks away three weeks home and I did that for just on two and a bit stints so just over sort of six months kind of thing um and then one I you know that sort of I suppose in because I, would, I was then in the Pilbara and I got used to the lifestyle, although I was on a mine site, I wasn't in a town. Um, it kind of, I don't know, I just fell in love with it and so I knew that one day I'd have to go back and I did go back eventually in 1997. Um, that, that role was again fly in, fly out. That was 13 weeks away, one week home, uh, working for a facility management company and that's when I met my husband and then we kind of pulled up stumps and, um, had our family and sort of stayed in Pilbara Mining Towns for uh, just on 14 years um, after that. So, yeah, so that was my sort of intro into, into the mining industry in particular. And what is your role now? So, I, when I was up there, obviously I was in hospitality and then when we started having our family, I was fortunate enough to get some work on site. So I gained a whole heap of skills in different types of administration roles. And at one stage, my eldest, who's about to turn 18, um, he was about six and a half, seven months old. And I had the recruitment company that I was working for had said to me, hey, listen, we need a representative in town. We know that you've got Jake. We know his baby. We know you still want to work out on the mine, but do you want to do this? for 10 to 20 hours a week you can do it from home and you can still have your cake and eat it too like I could still go out and work on site in admin positions too and do coverage and bits and pieces and so I took on that position so I sort of fell into recruitment um, you know 17 years ago and continued to work in admin and then um, you know had Tane who's my second eldest he's 15 and when I, I was just about to have him 
Um, the company that I was working for had lost the contract to provide recruitment for Rogue River at the time. So the new company wasn't that interested in having a representative in town, but the, the you know, the mining community knew that it was necessary because we were two hours away from Paratha and that was our closest sort of major area. Um, so I came back with a, you know, with a brand new baby and within, I think it was about eight weeks, they offered me my job um, to continue doing exactly what I was doing just with a different badge. And so I did that and I still remained on site doing admin roles. And then we stayed there for another year in that particular mining town. So that was Panawanika. Um, and then hubby, you know, it was time for his sort of career to start flourishing. So we relocated to another mining town called Paradu, which is about five hours from Pana. And he took up a new position there and I found it really, really difficult to get work because it was quite clicky back then. Um, and even, you know, even though I'd had experience with recruitment companies, um, not only in administration roles, but also managing their, you know, candidates and their workforce, it was just really difficult. So I did lots of different things. I worked again for another facilities management company um, in admin and then I worked at the pub and I did some, a few little contracts here and there. Um, and it wasn't until I had my daughter, Sienna, so she's now 12. Um, I was working for a local mechanical maintenance sort of company and then um, got offered a job. Actually, no, I had Kale at that stage, so I've got four kids, so he was a baby. I got offered a job to go back into recruitment um, and I took on a role as basically setting up the recruitment agency in the northwest out of Parabado uh, for all of mining. And it was booming then, you know, it was so busy. There was so much opportunity for people to get employed, whether or not they had experience in mining or not. Um, and I stayed in that role for about probably 18 months to two years. And then I got tapped on the shoulder by a competitor to say, hey, listen, we know you've got four kids we want to give you a position that's bigger and greater than that. Um, we want you to be area manager in Northwest. You can work from home. You don't need to, you know, be sending your kids to daycare all the time because hubby worked shift work. And by that stage, he was doing a full-time degree as well. Um, and so I took that position on when Kale was 14 months old and I stayed in that role until we left Parabidu, which was uh, December of 2010. Then I came down to Perth and I thought, right, it's time to be a mummy for a bit and get these kids into some kind of normality because living in the Pilbara, they were, you know, for the first six months of our life in Perth, they wanted to know when they were going home again because all they ever knew was living in, you know, Parabadoo pretty much. Um, so that was a big transition for us to come to Perth and Ricky, my husband, had gotten a job um, in the city. So, again, that was a, a massive transition for him personally because he was so used to working on site. And at that stage, he'd finished his degree. And he was having to fly away himself, but it was quite intermittent. There wasn't any set roster or anything like that. So I suppose that was our introduction as a family into FIFO. But it was maybe sometimes four days a month, other times up to eight. So, But it wasn't consistent, like I said. Um, so I took on a role then as a group HR recruitment manager for a mining contract services company about 
probably about four months after we moved down, which was great. I loved it. And I stayed in that position for about 20 months. And then I personally wanted something more for my career because at that stage the kids had gotten so much older and we were settled and um, they were settled more to the point. And then I took on a position um, setting up the mining and resources vertical for an international recruitment company out of Perth. But there was a lot of travel for me and on the very same day that I started my brand new job, my husband had been poached by BHP to go fly and fly out and set up a mine site and emergency services. So that was massive because I was making this transition to travel into the city, which is a good sort of 50 minute drive for me. And Ricky was flying away, sort of eight and six was his roster in the beginning. Um, so I did that for six months, but I had a lot of upheaval with senior management in the business. And like I said, there was a lot of travel and I just I knew that someone's career was going to have to take a, a step back and that was mine. And then during this time, I'd always had the vision of the resources hub and what I wanted that to offer our industry. So I started planning to build that as a business. And then at the end of November in 2012, I bit the bullet and I um, yeah registered the business and launched it. It took me about six months to really get into it because I was in restraint from my previous company for six months. So I couldn't talk to anyone or really, you know, gather any decent contracts or anything like that. Um, and that was, yes, that was born in 2012 and I've been doing that ever since. So with obviously a lot of work has gone into the resource hub, tell mm-hmm. our listeners a little bit what it's about. Okay. So it's everything to do with employment in the sector. So from the very beginning, um, you know, and especially in this current market, there is so much talent out there. There are so many people vying for the same jobs, but how are they getting noticed? And, and often I found, especially with the trades boys in particular, you know, they're so good at what they do, but they just don't know how to market themselves. So they don't know what to write in their CV and how that's, you know, how to portray their um, their previous experiences and how to get out in front of hiring managers and those people that are making those decisions on who they want to bring into their team. So everything from CVs, LinkedIn profiles, um, you know, interview techniques, right through to actually helping people understand what types of career pathways they're most suited to um, based on their likes and dislikes, their behaviours essentially. Um, it's a licensed recruitment company and has been since day dot. So I had to uh, go through that process. And then we also help small, generally smaller businesses, but sometimes, um, you know, the sort of medium contract service companies with relevant information pertaining to their employees like HR documents, you know, employee contracts. Or today I just had a friend contact me about a fair work issue Um, I've known her all of my life in mining pretty much. So, um, you know, I'll often get people, individuals a lot of the time sort of suggesting to me, you know, is there somewhere that I can go um, just for advice and that sort of thing. So everything to do with employment, really. You mentioned earlier on when you're talking about your own experiences a lot of it seemed to be you were getting all these offers and a lot of HR is to do with people and having these really great interpersonal skills. Do you think that's also relevant in the industry or just specific to the HR? 
Oh, look, that's obviously, you know, interpersonal skills, soft skills are so paramount across so many different types of roles. I mean, it, and it really depends, Renee, on the individual. You know, some people just like going in, doing their job, coming home and they're done. Whereas what I'm seeing and have noticed in, especially in mining, a lot of people have started in a particular area or a particular discipline and then they've actually wanted to gain momentum within their career. And my husband's a typical example. He started life as a chef. Um, he went in to drive a hall pack. And so when I met him, and I don't know if I'm allowed to use this word, but I call him a busted ass contractor because at the time he was, he didn't have, a, you know, he didn't have a full-time job and he could have got, he could have sort of got the flick at any given time had they needed to get rid of the workforce back then. So um, he was driving a truck and then he went for the full-time roles and the first time he didn't get it, the second time he did. So then we were offered housing. At that stage I was with him. Um, so we were offered, you know, company housing and then we could start our family and sort of start our life in the Pilbara. Um, and from there he got into emergency response and he just found this little niche of something that he thoroughly enjoyed. And now he's an emergency management supervisor with, I think he's close to 14 years experience and a degree in that. So, you know, people can transition and are fortunate enough to transition in the resources sector. They might start off in one particular area and then see what other people do and can, you know, can work towards that with a little bit of training and a little bit of hand-holding and, and speaking to the right people, be given the opportunity to transition into a, a different type of role um, but still working in the industry. And the industry is addictive. You know, I can't imagine myself ever not working um, in the resources sector because I just love it. It's just what makes me, you know, get out of bed every day. When you were discussing earlier on about being, you know, in this small community town, how important do you think it is with the companies being connected with the small towns and in the towns, what's the vibe? Do they, they love the fact that there's this company and there's this growth because of the resource sector or do some of them look at it negatively? Um, look, there's... <laughs> Different strokes for different folks, I suppose. You know, we lived in residential towns and obviously they, they grow and then all of a sudden, you know, companies need to make decisions and redundancies are made and, you know, but you still want to bring your children up or the children in the, in the towns. If they're interested in a job in mining, you still want to be able to offer them that. So there's different... I think we just go through different, um, different, you know, times in in the resources sector in particular, where there's so much going on and it's boom, 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 and then all of a sudden it starts slowing down. You know, we we've gone through this a few times in the residential towns in particular, where they've all of a sudden they've brought in um, FIFO workers to build the workforce, but that they don't actually have much relevance to the actual community that you're living in. So it's the residential people that need to be on the boards and need to create groups and need to make sure that, you know, things are being done in town so that you're living in a somewhat decent, you know, decent environment because infrastructure, you know, gets left behind and things like hospitals and stuff like that. Um, you know, I must have been on every board known to man at one stage in Parabadur. I was on the community advisory group with, you know, the general manager of the mine site and then some really key personnel from the 
company from the mining company and and other areas like the hospital and the shire and things like that i was um, president of the non-for-profit organization at one stage for about a year or 18 months i was on the pnc i was on um tidy towns committee i actually created an event which is now run annually in parabadu to put parabadu on the map to raise money for rfds and police legacy so there's people in communities like that that get in and, and are happy to, to help out to make sure that the community is a better place, especially those smaller towns where you're talking, you know, anywhere between 700 and say three and a half or 4,000 people. You pretty much know everybody if you, if you choose to want to know everybody, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. I love the fact that you're a professional networker, that you were on this board and that board and, and, and totally just interconnected everywhere. I did, um, get, I did get really frustrated at one stage and I was telling this to this um, client yesterday. I gave him a crash course in mining in six hours. He flew in from Sydney. He'd never been to Perth before and um, and I was saying to him, I got, I got to this stage because my house, even in the Perth Hills where we live. My house is an open house and I've always had that vision that if ever anyone just needs somewhere to chill out or they just need someone to talk to or they just, you know, want to, I don't know, sit in the corner and watch TV, whatever they want to do, there's always an open door. And I've always, you know, like I said, I've always had that vision. My mum can't understand it personally and she can't understand how I lasted in, a, in mining towns for so long either, I don't think, because, you know, you just become friends with so many people. But I was saying to this client yesterday that I got into this stage where I thought, right, that's it. I'm not meeting anyone anymore. I'm not going to introduce myself. I don't care if they're new to town. I don't care if their kids need to integrate. <laughs> and that's not in my nature at all. But I'd gone through this stage where I'd lost a whole heap of who I thought were really close friends and one after the other type thing. And because mining towns are so transient, you know, you just, that's just part of life and you just got to build a bridge and get over it. So I think I lasted maybe about eight weeks and then I was like, oh yeah, well, I'm over that little stage now. I'm all good to, you know, meet new people and, and introduce them and, you know, make sure that they feel warm and welcome and, and comfortable because going to a remote mining town, especially in the Pilbara, is quite daunting for a lot of people when you have no network to start off with, you have no family for backup, you know, you, your husband might or your partner might have the job and you're the one that's sitting at home twiddling your thumbs going, oh, my God, you know, what am I going to do? How am I, how am I going to get a job, even if they're single? Or, you know, how am I going to integrate my kids into a community like this? Who's going to talk to me? They're all going to know that I'm new. I won't know who they are. You know, it's, it is really quite, um, quite daunting for a lot of people. So, yeah, like I said, I got over my little hissy and, and away we went again. And being in recruitment... You know, I meet people day in, day out, and my business is born on referrals, so I get referred all the time um, for people to chat to me and, and for me to somehow try and help them, whether that's they actually become a client of mine or I can give them some kind of free advice in order for them to assist them in, in you know, whatever it is that they need. So, yeah, it's just kind of part and parcel of my personality and my makeup, I suppose. That's it. What is the process of engaging someone like yourself to help find a role within within the sector? Yeah, sure. So there's a few different things. Um, if they're absolutely struggling and they just have been applying for a whole heap of different, um, you know, positions or whatever, 
then they can book I usually give my clients or just anyone 15 minutes to half an hour free consult just to you know give me a bit of load down and they can ask questions and I can offer advice and then they can decide whether or not they need to take take it further um, the services are very personable in the sense that not one sort of solution fits all because like at the moment I'm just currently writing a CV for a guy who's flying out to Canada tomorrow um, he doesn't actually even know what type of roles he's going to go for he just knows that he needs a far better CV than the one that he's already got and so that relationship will be open for quite a few weeks because it won't be until he gets to Canada and he starts seeing the types of positions he wants to apply for then I can really tie everything in together um, and as far as recruitment's concerned it's about you know sort of making sure that you're in the network of the resources hub whether that be in our database or you follow the Facebook page or you connect with me on LinkedIn and then when positions become available obviously we get in touch with you or you will see them um, as soon as we post that there's relevant jobs and you know tag your friends like I said my business is all has been born around referrals so I try wherever possible I try not to advertise um, in four and a half years I think I've advertised on seat maybe 13 12 or 13 times and that's only in pure not pure desperation but also to see who's out there with the relevant skills at that stage but you know because I've been in mining for 23 years in particular I've got such a huge network that I would much prefer somebody to recommend someone to me because um, at the end of the day you know this is my baby so this is I'm the face of the resources hub it's it's my monster that I've created so um, you know, I'm 110% accountable for that. And then once people have been successful in, in getting a role, what, if they're brand new to the industry, what are some words of advice that you would give to them and for their family transitioning into the lifestyle? Hold on for the ride because it's certainly a ride and it's exciting and there's going to be times of pure enjoyment and there's going to be times of, oh, my God, why have I done this? Um, especially if you're relocating residentially, even, even FIFO to a certain extent, and reach out to your network because, you know, if there's one thing that I've learnt in my journey, especially since setting up the hub, I've gained the most incredible friends through social media, um, through similar interests, through having, you know, husbands that do similar rosters or work in similar environments. And I probably don't need it as much myself because I've been there personally, you know, so many years ago. But there is so much free advice and support out there. And I think that's the key thing is the support part of it um, for, you know, for whatever the situation may be. Absolutely. I've found this is my partner's second role and previously I didn't reach out or connect with anyone, but I forced myself to do that and part of the podcast was part of that strategy and I've made some amazing connections and people I know that I'll still probably talk to even when I'm not, you know, in this lifestyle. So uh, definitely connecting with them and talking to like-minded people has helped with just my own sanity, really, because it is a total roller coaster. Yeah, it uh, is. And, you know, like for me, I had four children um, and I lived in remote mining towns, so I never had any support when it came to 
having my mum there to look after the kids or having, you know, my girlfriends there that I'd grown up with or anything like that. So your friends really become your family. And a typical example of this is um, my younger son, Kale, so he's just turned 11. His godparents, um, I actually worked with her on site when I very first, she was one of my first contracts that I ever started in admin in Panawanica. They are as close to my kids and she's still, you know, they're both still to this day, both um, Auntie Bubsy and Uncle Tigger, they still call my children, you know, their surrogate grandchildren. They were their original grandchildren before they even had grandchildren because we lived in a small town and they kind of fostered us, for want of a better term, you know, and would support us and, you know, they buy the kids birthdays and Christmas presents and they're just... My husband, unfortunately, doesn't have his parents around, so they're, they're it, you know. And if it hadn't been for Ricky and I getting together in a small mining town and, um, you know, and finding them, we wouldn't have them in our world and they're just as important. In fact, they're just as important to my parents and my brother and sister-in-law as well than they are to us. So, they've, you know, they've just become an extension, which is pretty gorgeous. And a lot of friends, you know, there's going to be people that you won't keep in contact with because of that transient lifestyle, but there's plenty that will remain really, really, really close friends. I've got my, my eldest is turning 18 in two weeks, which I'm kind of freaking out about the fact that he's 18. Um, but most of the people that have been invited to his birthday are friends that he's known since the day he was born and we took him back to Panawanica. So that's pretty special. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. For anyone wanting to get in contact with Denny in regards to recruitment or their own career development, you can contact her on Facebook at The Resources Hub or through her website, which is spelled the rh.com.au. Thanks for listening to Juggling FIFO. All links for today's episode will be on our website, www.jugglingfifo.com and on Facebook and if you want to hear this episode again or leave a review head over to iTunes or SoundCloud